everyone, welcome back to the Fantasy Pros Football Podcast. I'm Bobby Sylvester, joined as always by Mike Tagliere. Tex, how's it going today? It is going, man. It's a it's a short week. It's it's a one that we're really pressured to get like things done and get them out and like do this before all our family time comes. So it's just uh, yeah, man, ready to rock. So we've got guest today, Jake Seeley, now of theathletic.com. He's on Twitter at AllInKid. Tags and I are at Mike Tagliere NFL and at Bobby Fantasy Pro. Jake, thanks for coming to the show today. Yeah, and uh, I think we're all a little bit under the weather with a short week, which is the like worst timing for that. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. So guys, we do have uh, a waiver wire show to talk about today. So we're just going to run through our top running backs, top wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, and DST after Jake is off the show. That'll just be Tags and I. But first, I want to tell you about one of the sponsors of today's show, Pristine Auction. So we actually have a contest going on right now thanks to Pristine Auction. You can win a signed Dalvin Cook helmet by subscribing to our YouTube channel and going to fantasypros.com slash contest to enter. It takes about 30 seconds to do. We're giving away that signed Dalvin Cook helmet to one lucky listener. And also, if you haven't checked out Pristine Auction, they've got hundreds of items to end for auction every single day. Some really affordable prices. You'd be surprised at some of the prices you can find. Like yesterday, I saw a Tyreek Hill signed Chiefs jersey. Went for just 81 bucks. A signed Stefan Diggs chrome Vikings helmet for just 72 bucks. And one of the greatest things about Pristine Auction is there's no fees. Whatever you bid is what you pay. Everything is guaranteed authentic from the most trusted sources. Again, that's pristineauction.com. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E. When you buy something from them, make sure to let them know Fantasy Pro sent you. That way we can keep doing these giveaways. All right, so at the running back position for waiver wire this week, it's a little bit ugly, guys. Jake, is there one player that really stands out to you that uh, that you like? Not Honestly, not really. Like if I wrote in the column last week that it was just kind of, hey, look to the week before, and if you missed any of these guys, go pick them up now. But You don't love Gus Edwards? No, see, like I, that's where I was gonna go. So the only one that I would say at this point, I think, has to be Edwards. Like, because I was gonna say maybe Josh Adams, but I don't want anything to do with this Eagles backfield because it's still a committee. It's still Doug Peterson. It's- yeah, like I don't want to bank on eight touches a game. Do you? Right. No, and that's the thing is, you know, people clamoring for Adams were the same ones that were clamoring for Clement before him and Smallwood before him and like whatever. Like it's always the next guy. And it's like, oh yeah, I was waiting for this guy the entire time and Ajayi before them. And let's be honest, that wasn't a very good call. No, but with Edwards, you have to. Here's the, the thing about Edwards is Harbaugh actually kind of said it. He's a north-south runner. He's a big dude. He ran a 4-5 for being a big dude at his pro days from Rutgers. It's obviously, there's a reason he was undrafted. That's what you want him to be. And I'll compare him to another player, and I'll say he's kind of like Derrick Henry light. And where I say that is he's smaller than Derrick Henry. It's not all bag, and this is what I'm going to say. If Edwards does what he's supposed to do, which is the same thing Henry is supposed to do, and just run between the tackles, use your power, run north-south, get your momentum, the offense fits him for that, he could be fine as an RB2. That's why at this point of the season, we're heading to week 12, I'm blowing my entire budget because maybe you get an RB2. So he's your number one overall. You don't have a wide receiver ahead of him. No, because what are you waiting for at this? What are you trying to pick up at this point? You're you're trying to hit a home run at this point of the season in week 12. If you waited this long and you still have number one waiver priority, you still have a lot of budget left. Gus Edwards could be an RB2, could be a top 20 running back the rest of the way. He could flame out and be a one-week wonder, but you have to take that game. Let up. me ask you this then. Do you think that uh, that he is the starting running back the rest of the season, or was this just a one-week thing? I mean, it was a great matchup against Cincinnati, but they've got some good ones coming up. Oakland, Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa. I think it is if the team is smart. Like the, the Alex Collins situation is kind of what I compare to Peyton Barber. Is they're both above average running backs. They're in the NFL. They'll have some games. Peyton Barber had one yesterday in a great matchup for his own right against the Giants. But the, the, the whole time of the wanting Ronald Jones to happen was because we all saw it and said Peyton Barber's just eh. And I know there's some fans out there of Alex Collins. I've never been one. I've always said he's just kind of an above average running back. He needs to be replaced. He's better as a compliment or more so as a backup. I think they finally turned the corner. And like I said, to go back to what Harbaugh said after the game when he said, this is what we want. We want this north-south runner. I mean, he basically, without saying it, said this is his job. Alex Collins is hitting the bench. Tex, what do you think? Is Gus Edwards your number one overall? He's not my number one, but I do think that he's the starter going forward. And I know that some people might be like, well, doesn't that contradict itself? Why would he not be your number one then? 
Well, that's the thing. I have Josh Adams as my number one, and um, basically just because Philadelphia is lost right now, and there's the, the, they have to get the game running game back on track, and I think that Josh Adams coming off the week that he did, he earned more touches going forward, and they're playing the Giants this week. The Giants, ever since losing Snacks Harrison, they've now allowed three straight 100-yard running backs against them, and it's not like it was crazy competition. It was Adrian Peterson, 149 yards and a touchdown. It was Matt Breida looking like an all-pro, 101 yards and a touchdown. And then Peyton Barber last week, 106 yards and a touchdown. So it's like this is a matchup to get right for Josh Adams, and I, or the, the Eagles offense, I should say, to get the ground game going. So I think that he's going to have a massive week, and I think a lot of people that don't pick him up this week or if you kind of overlook him, you're going to be sorry about it. And I've been fading Josh Adams, but I'm, I'm, I'm picking him up for this week, and if he has another big week, it's like they're going to go with him moving forward. Uh, Gus Edwards... I believe that there's a lot of things that go into this. You know, he's a guy that had played seven snaps, eight snaps, two snaps in the three weeks prior to the game here against Cincinnati, but they had their bye week. So I believe that's like the time to implement a new system if you want to, or if you want to change some things. And Edwards might be tied to Lamar Jackson, where it's like, that's maybe the, maybe that's what they want with Lamar Jackson. So I don't want to look too much into it. I think Gus Edwards is a fine pickup. I would pick him up. But if I were to pick one right now, it would be Josh Adams. I've got Edwards higher. I'm not excited about either of them. Like, I'd spend maybe eight, five fab bucks on them. I'm still holding out on my money. I don't know. Maybe I'm more optimistic than you, Jake. You're probably you're probably right that no one's going to get hurt. But if somebody does, I've got a league winner in my hands. I don't think Gus Edwards is that. Um, I would feel comfortable starting him next week. But, you know, if Joe Flacco comes back or we find out that it's more of a split or maybe they give it back to Alex Collins, there's a lot of scenarios where he could be a guy that you don't even use. Adams, it's the same type of thing. Like, he had one big week. Um, it was against the Saints, but like, I mean, this game, did, did it really matter? It was a 40-point difference in the point differential, so I don't know what they're actually going to do going forward. Jake, are you confident that Josh Adams is actually going to continue getting more than 12 touches a game? No, because I'm never going to use the word confident with a backfield that's run by <laughs> Doug Peterson. That's just <laughs> yeah, the truth. Yeah. yeah, Like, it could be, like, you know, if we look at this split, you said seven carries, but it was seven out of 12, so it was the majority, but... If you told me next week they're in contention and he has seven again, but the entire backfield has 20 and all of a sudden Clements got six and Smallwood's got six and like that wouldn't surprise me. And I, now I would love to say it is Josh Adams, but this is the, the reason I brought up the other running backs before is because it's what we always say that we say, well, maybe now it's Smallwood's turn because Smallwood's been outplaying Clement. Well, Clement's got more talent. So maybe now it's his. We always say maybe it's going to be that guy and it just never is. And that's the issue is I'm never going to be able to trust the backfield of the Eagles. Worst case scenario, you find out with God. That's why I'm going with Gus Edwards is because you find out. Is he the lead next week and that's where they're going? Sure. If he's not, boom, you blew up in your face. But you got to take that chance at this point of the season. So I understand both sides of it. I would just rather get the situation cleared up for me than to plug in Josh Adams every single week and just hoping that it's him. And to be fair, Jake, I do want to side with you on that. Like Bobby knows, like he's been talking about Josh Adams for a couple of weeks and I've been like, don't pick him up, don't pick him up, don't pick him up. <laughs> and now I'm saying that because of the matchup that's coming. But if you need someone maybe the rest of the season, I just looked at the rest of the season schedule for the Ravens and it's it's fantastic. So if Gus Edwards is the starter, I mean, you're looking at a matchup with the Raiders, you're going you know, to play the Falcons, the Chiefs, who are like legitimately the worst run defense in the NFL, the, the Bucks. The Chargers, who just allowed a massive game to Philip Lindsay, and then the Browns. So, I mean, like, the Browns, that won't matter because it's Week 17, and nobody that's logical plays fantasy football in Week 17. <laughs> but uh, there's some great matchups coming up on the schedule. Like, you don't really fear any of these matchups uh, outside maybe the Chargers if they get better, but you'll get four good weeks out of Edwards if he's the starter. So, you, you make a good point here. That's my thing. I'm leaning Edwards, and it's because of the schedule. Like, I'm not worried about Week 12. I guess if you are worried about Week 12, go with Adams. But um, for me, I think... Edwards has a better chance of helping you in the fantasy football playoffs, whereas Adams, I don't think I want to start him against the Cowboys, against the Rams, maybe against the Texans in Week 16. Like, even if he's the clear-cut starter getting, let's say, on average 13 touches a week, he's been getting, what, 7, 8? Um, let's say he goes all the way up to 13. I don't want to play him against Dallas, the Rams, the Texans. Yeah. That's fair. All right. So anyone else at, at the running back position that you like? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're desperate, let's say you can't get Josh Adams, you can't get Gus Edwards. Jake, are you going with Theoretic? I was just going to bring up him in conversation with, I'm looking at PPR options. I'd rather, if even a non-PPR, I'd rather go Elijah McGuire. People forgot about him already because he's on a bye. People just, just kind of like escapes the mind. Like a lot of people didn't pick him up because of the bye week and then they has the bye week. So of course, when you do like the little sort feature, a lot of people miss that. Uh, I would still go with McGuire because I think he's going to have more of a share consistently going forward than Theo Riddick is going to be as he always is. He's 
only in the passing game, and he's kind of script dependent. Obviously, if Carryon Johnson misses time, that helps him a little bit, but I still think they would just go with LeGarrette Blunt, and Theoretic would just be what he is with a few more touches. He actually, if Carryon misses time, I think Theoretic would turn into Elijah McGuire, and that's why I'd rather go with Elijah McGuire. It's a really good way to put it. I've been uh, talking up Elijah McGuire for a few weeks. Not that I'm excited about his upside or anything like that, but I think he's a safe floor play week to week. I mean, you saw they got blown out by the Bills, and he still put up a solid game. He's going to lead this team in touches, in snaps. He's going to get three or four receptions a game, and he's going to get five or six carries too. Tags, do you have McGuire, Reddick, or maybe somebody else, Rex Burkhead? Yeah, it depends on what you're looking for. I, I think that McGuire is a solid play, though. I mean, like you look at the matchup that they're going to have coming out of the bye week, and they're going to be playing against the Patriots. So it's like a game you figure it's going to be negative game script. That doesn't fit Isaiah Crowell very well. So uh, I think McGuire should have a solid floor. He's going to get more carries than Theo Riddick does. But Theo Riddick is like somewhat of a wide receiver. Uh, you kind of have to, like when you stick him in your lineup, you have to just think, I'm putting in a slot receiver in my running back slot because... I mean, he only he's only totaled, I think, one carry over the last three weeks, but he's seen nine, eight, and seven targets in those games. Uh, against the Bears, he totaled a season-high 60 yards against them through the air. I think he's probably going to get a, a few more carries with this week with Carrion Johnson. Carrion Johnson's not going to play, by the way. Um, I, I expect him to be out multiple weeks. They're saying it's an ACL injury in that they don't they don't think it's a torn ACL, but it's definitely some sort of sprain and coming on a short week playing again on Thursday. I just, there's no way. Like me, this is me like legitimately guaranteeing that Carrion Johnson's not going to play against the Bears. Well, should we pick up LeGarrette Blount then? Like, I'm not, I'm not really joking. No, seriously, no. The Bears. He's going to get 15 touches against the Bears, and we saw what happened to Dalvin Cook and Latavius Murray last night, right? It's a good point. Yeah, he's definitely not Dalvin Cook. <laughs> but I mean, if this is a multiple week thing, we're not just picking him up for this week. Like LeGarrette Blount, we could be talking about 15 to 20 touches against Arizona and then Buffalo in weeks 14 and 15. Tags. I still don't like LeGarrette Blount, and I still wouldn't. I'd let someone else deal with that headache. I'll side with Bobby on that one. If if we find out carry on Johnson, so I'm not going to make that move before I find out. So it's kind of I guess your it depends on your league situation if you want to take that gamble without knowing the carry on news. But if carry on's out multiple weeks and you get three four weeks of Legarrette Blunt, I, I you have to pick him up in my opinion. Are you sure we're not going to get Zach Zenner though? Like is is Legarrette Blunt actually going to be a starting running back in the NFL? Yeah. That's it's Matt Patricia, man. Come on. I think you're right. I think you're right. So I actually would prefer Blunt number three over Riddick and McGuire. I've got McGuire at number four. I've got Riddick at number five. You guys are gross. Sorry, man. We want to win our fantasy championship. If you don't want to do it without LeGarrette Blunt, I'm sorry. I legit have Blunt below Rex Burkhead and DeAndre Washington. Okay. I'm, we don't really even need to talk about those guys, but I guess if you want to, you can. <laughs> Are you assuming also Doug Martin's going to miss time? No, I'm not assuming that one. Yeah, that was like a slight, apparently it's like a slight ankle injury. He did miss the second half, and that's why we saw Washington be a little bit more involved. But He looked pretty happy on the sideline, so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he's not playing for the Raiders, so that's always a good thing. (laughs) But they're playing against Baltimore in Baltimore next week. Uh, Then after that, it's Kansas City and Pittsburgh. So, I mean. Well, speaking of that. I mean, for that point being, it's, I'm still surprised Jalen Richard is not 60% owned. So, I mean, if he happens to be sick, I just didn't even mention him because everybody who's paying attention or, you know, actively in their leagues, he should be owned at this point. But if he's still out there somehow. Yeah. Let's talk about a couple of guys like that. Jalen Richard, he's still 42% owned. Are that, are that many people not paying attention? Well, they lost their league because they took Le'Veon Bell in the first round. I guess you're right. Okay, so Jalen Richard. That's not true. First round pick, I'm 9-1. and one. Is that the team where you're not using a kicker? So you drafted Le'Veon Bell and you don't use a kicker? That's, that's a different team. <laughs> so basically you're just dominating every league then. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the, the one with the no kicker, I'm actually about to drop my second game. But that was get, I'm getting destroyed by Mike Dempsey. Good friend. Kicker wouldn't have helped, man. No, it definitely would have. That, that was with, I have Barkley Rivers and Jordan Reed on that team and I still get, I'm still down by like 30-something. Did he start uh, Gus Edwards? No, Leonard Fournette, Mark Ingram, Devontae Adams, Lamar Miller, Texans defense. That'll do it. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, so let's say we've got Jalen Rashad, Rashad Penny, Mike Davis, Ito Smith, and uh, let's go with Chris Thompson, too, who's been out for a while. Would you pick up any of those guys over Edwards, Jake? Rashad. I would definitely that, and that would be the only one because the as much as, and Mike definitely knows this, as much as I would love to tell everybody Rashad Penny is a thing, I'm the one of the people who said last week, if Chris Carson's healthy, it's Chris Carson's backfield. That's a fact. Pete Carroll's made that clear this entire season. So I, I don't even want to mess. And to be honest with you, if he gets hurt again, who knows? Yes, it was Penny one time, but it was Penny at the two weeks ago when Carson left the game mid-game. 
Penny had three touches on the first drive. Then Carson gets hurt, and then Penny barely touches the ball the rest of the game, which makes... I cannot tell you what Pete Carroll is thinking from game to game. He's just trolling us, man. He probably hates fantasy football because he lost to a kicker in championship week, and so he's just <laughs> screwing with us in his backfield. No, I think he really was upset with the Rashad Penny pick. I think he's really like still ticked off about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you're probably right about that. I don't have any of these guys ahead of them. Uh, Rashard's definitely not a bad play for, for week 13. I'll have him in my top 20 running backs against Kansas City. Besides that, though, I think he's kind of a fringe start. I'd probably take the upside with Gus Edwards, which is kind of crazy to say, but I think he's got more than Jalen Rashard. Tags, where do you stand with all these guys? Yeah, I would definitely take Edwards over Rashard. Uh, Rashard's a fine guy in PPR leagues. If you're looking for a floor, I think Jalen Rashard is kind of like a, a Theo Riddick at this point to me, where it's like he's lacking upside. Oh, he's better than Riddick, man. Uh, he had eleven. He had 11 carries in week 11, plus he's getting, is he their number one receiver? Oh, I get that. And he probably is like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I, th- I think about Theo Riddick. It's like the targets that those guys are getting in the passing game. Yeah. Richard's getting a little bit more uh, on the ground, but I think that with carry on out, I think he's going to see a few more carries. You might see him get like, you know, three to six carries or something like that, which adds a, a little bit of value. But at the same time, it's playing, he's playing for a better offense uh, with the Lions. Like, I just don't, I legitimately, if I can help it, I don't want anyone from the Raiders offense. None. Like they, they scored, they didn't score a single touchdown. I mean, coming into this week, they hadn't scored a single touchdown in three of their last four games. It all changed yesterday. Uh, it all changed. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's happy. Gruden's happy. Carr's happy. Uh, yeah. By the way, if we don't get to all your players, like obviously Doug Martin, Peyton Barber, Derek Henry are going to be available in some leagues. If Derek Henry is available in your league, leave him. But if we don't get to your players, <laughs> um, you can check out our rest of the season rankings that Tags and I post every Monday. Also, you can plug your team into my playbook. We've got the waiver wire assistant. So basically, you can pick your favorite experts, or you can just use the entire expert consensus. It'll tell you who the best players are available in your league, who you should drop to get them. It's really helpful. In fact, some people on Reddit have called it cheating. So you can take a look at that. Again, it's you can upload one team for free on my playbook and use the waiver wire assistant tool. All right, guys, we're moving on over to wide receiver in just a second. But first, I wanted to tell you about Audible. What would it look like if we all listened more? Listening to audiobooks motivates us, inspires us, even brings us closer together. There's no better place to listen than Audible, because now Audible members get even more exclusive audio fitness programs, audiobooks, Audible Originals, and more. Audible has the largest selection of audiobooks on the planet, and now, with Audible Originals, the selection has gotten even more custom with content made for members. I've been listening back to The Vision of the Anointed by Thomas Sowell on audio, and I absolutely love this book. It just makes it so much easier to do the dishes or something mindless while I'm listening. Every month, Audible members get one credit good for any audiobook they choose, plus two Audible originals from a changing selection that they can't get anywhere else. They also get access to audio fitness and health workouts created exclusively for Audible. Plus, your books are yours to keep. With Audible, you can go back and re-listen anytime, even if you cancel your membership. Didn't like your audiobook? Exchange it, no questions asked. Start a 30-day trial, and your first audiobook is free. Go to audible.com slash fantasypros or text fantasypros to 500500. Guys, I love using Audible. I encourage you to check it out. See what they have. Again, it is a free trial, 30 days at audible.com, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, slash fantasy pros. Or text fantasy pros to 500-500. You can do it with audiobooks. Okay, guys, let's go wide receiver here. I'm assuming that DJ Moore is your top pickup. Is that right, Jake? Uh, only because if you haven't been paying attention to my waiver wire column, yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's in my tried to tell you section. Like I tried to tell you like Cortland Sutton, Christian Kirk, like those three guys. I still, I don't understand what people were waiting for. I don't understand. Like you said, maybe there's a lot of people checking out because Cortland Sutton, he's very close to 60%, but Christian Kirk, I stopped including him in the waiver column like two weeks ago. And then DJ Moore last week, I was like, kind of like, Hey, this is your last heads up. If you want DJ Moore, you understand the upside of the potential that's here. If you don't want him, that's fine. But you saw it yesterday. He dominated that game. I had 100% DFS ownership. Oh, you should have told me, man. You got to give me a call next time. <laughs> Here's the thing. It's like, this was one of the ones where I was doing my rankings for the week. And it seems like every time my gut's telling me something and I trust it, it doesn't happen. And every time I ignore it, <laughs> yeah. it do- like, so I'm sitting there with the rankings on Sunday. And I'm like, I want to put DJ more like top 20. And I'm like, nah, I can't do that. It's like, I, this is going to be a huge game. The matchups there is like, ah, I can't do that. So I had him higher rank and higher rank than most, but still not far enough. But I feel like if I did, then he would have done nothing. Like it's always the reverse. But DJ Moore, look, the fact is, is Devin Funches is exactly what I said. And a lot of people did. I'm not the only one who said it. He's Kelvin Benjamin 2.0 when they drafted him. I never understood why they drafted him when they already had Kelvin Benjamin. 
But he dropped so many balls again yesterday. He's dropped so many balls on the season. I forget who it was. Somebody threw out a tweet yesterday that DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel have caught like 80% of their catchable balls where like Devin Funches has dropped like 80%. Like it's the exact opposite. Both those guys are amazing. Can the Panthers just roll with them? They would be dangerous in the playoffs. No, this is, I actually think Devin Funches out there helps DJ more the rest of the way. Because if you look at the schedule, the rest of the schedule on paper for teams, and you guys will definitely understand, especially you, Mike, when you talk about these things, is like the wide receiver matchup combinations. If you look at it the rest of the way on paper, the team, the schedule is very friendly. But if you look at the top corner who will probably draw Devin Funches, that they're not there's not a bunch of good matchups down the road for that specifically, like when they face the Saints. Well, Lattimore is still good. DJ Moore's got the better matchups because of the top corner facing Devin Funches. That's a really good call. Yes. Yeah, so I, I just want Curtis Samuel to get more touches. That's all I'm asking for. This guy's so electric. I like he's not Tyreek Hill or anything. But I think he's as good as Deshaun Jackson. He's just not getting the touches. Well, that's going to be this offense, though. You guys have to understand that. And that's the thing. DJ Moore, I I, I'm, I have him in my rest of season rankings as the wide receiver 36. So he's uh, he's definitely, he should have been owned. He should be owned. Like, we've seen him growing and growing. And, like, you know, Bobby's talked about the limited targets, but I'm like, or the limited snap counts. And, like, you know, once Torrey Smith left the lineup, they were always designing plays for this guy, DJ Moore. And he's doing work after the catch, which is awesome because Cam Newton – doesn't have much accuracy. Let's just be honest. Um, he he's having one of the better years, uh, like in terms of his accuracy. He's playing better, but I think a lot of that comes down to the offense and like designing targets underneath. He's not taking so many shots down the field. DJ Moore is doing a lot of work after the catch. But this is an offense. There's just so many guys. Like you have Funches, who's going to steal some touchdowns in the red zone. You have Curtis Samuel, who's electric when he gets the ball in his hands. You have Greg Olson. You have Christian McCaffrey. You have Cam Newton, who's going to run in some touchdowns. So it's going to be maddening to own some of these guys in fantasy football. But you just you look for the best matchups and DJ Moore's matchup this week was fantastic Detroit I've actually just started doing research for the Bears game this week they've allowed a touchdown to wide receivers every 10.5 targets which is just stupid uh like legit stupid it's um that should not happen to an NFL team but they have they've been terrible against wide receivers all year so it was a great matchup so I don't want you guys to think that DJ Moore is like an every week must play or anything like that but he is going to be a guy where it's like if you're trying to decide between two players Moore is probably going to offer you more upside so hold on, Jake. DJ Moore sitting out there, you love him, but you would still spend your whole fab budget on Gus Edwards? I've got DJ Moore number one overall, guys. No, because it's a wide receiver with inconsistent offense. And this is what Mike just said. Is especially like can you talk about inaccuracies? Cam Newton's last play that should have been the winning two point conversion, which also shows the panic level of the Panthers that they went for that. But that's a complete sidebar there. But I'm always going to take when you got a potential RB2 and even if DJ Moore was potential, like like let's say Mike said that he has a wide receiver 28 the rest of the season. If they're anything that are close like that, if you get me running back wide receiver close the rest of this, I'm always going to take the running back. They're harder to find to get somebody you can count on every single week's harder to find. And with a wide receiver, if you have a similar ranking, you're always going to get more trustworthiness with the running back anyway. I guess with my teams, I drafted so many running backs, I don't have to worry about running back anywhere because... Oh, shut up. Well, I'm, I'm not like... <laughs> it's not like some kind of boast or anything. It's just the way that I plan the season. So I'm always looking for, for wide receivers. What's a first world problem in fantasy? <laughs> I know, but like, why doesn't everyone else have that problem? Everyone who listens to this podcast listens to the preseason and tags and I were begging you to draft like seven or eight running backs. And James Conner, I got him at every single team. Why would you not have him? With What happened with Le'Veon Bell? You've got DJ Moore against the Tampa Bay Bucks in Week 13, the Saints in 15, the Atlanta Falcons in 16. Some of us don't play with 11 other idiots. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, I okay, whatever. <laughs> well, we can, we can move on from that. So I've got DJ Moore number one. I'd spend about 15 fab on him. Who's your number two wide receiver tags? We'll let you go here. My number two wide receiver is Anthony Miller. Uh, you know, he only had three targets in the game against Minnesota last night, but uh, it was a weird game. And uh, like the four games before that, he had at least six targets in every game. And I think we see the chemistry between him and Trubisky developing every single week. Allen Robinson had a bad game. Allen Robinson's going to continue to see the number one cornerback. You're going to have Darius Slay on him this week, uh, which means that Anthony Miller, he's the one that, you know, 
he obviously went off against Detroit, you know, just two weeks ago, and they're going to have the same issue when they run into him again this week because they've struggled against slot receivers. They're going to struggle with Taylor Gabriel's speed down the field. So it's just like there's so many options in this offense. It's kind of like a DJ Moore where, you know, you're not going to be able to rely on Anthony Miller for production every single week, but you could play him in good matchups. And I think the, the matchup against Detroit this week is awesome. So it's like he's in the conversation where if you told me you wanted to pick up Miller over Moore, I'd have no issue with that because let's come. I mean, you could talk about the two offenses. We talked about all the offense, the options in Carolina. Let's talk about the Bears, you know, like in terms of the options they have. Trubisky is probably a better passer than Cam Newton at this point in his career. They both offer mobility in the run game. They both have running backs who could do it on all three downs in terms of you combine Tariq Cohen and like what, what Christian McCaffrey does. And it's like there's a lot of similarities between these two teams and what they offer. So Anthony Miller and DJ Moore. I think Moore is closer to being the number one on his team, which is why I have more over Anthony Miller. But Miller has been getting it done the red zone, man. Like, uh, he's scored five touchdowns on 44 targets this season. It's almost as good as Curtis Samuel. And that's what he was known at for Memphis, though, too. Like, if you go back to Memphis, he scored 32 touchdowns in his last 26 games there. So Anthony Miller's always had a thing for the red zone. And um, knowing that him and Trubisky are getting closer and closer on the same page, um, Miller is... I mean, he's a wide receiver four for the rest of the season for me. Guys, I don't have anybody else on this list that I would spend more than one fab dollar on. I guess I've got Traquan number two. Jake, who do you have? I see Traquan, John Ross, depending on what's going on with AJ Green, although it sounded like he was trying to come back this past week, so he might be back. In. He better come back. I need him. Yeah, I, I look, I've done nothing to do with the entire Dolphins wide receiver crew at this, this year, but similar to the Patriots backfield where we're whittling down and there's only a few left, the one consistent option has been Amendola for people. PPR if you I mean I'm starting to throw out some deep names here but similar to PPR and I think this is the only one where I would throw out a conversation with Anthony Miller if it's PPR I might lean to QT over Miller uh, just asked like I had concerns when they brought in Demarius Thomas and we saw how quickly he connected in that first game but then he got a complete goose egg yesterday and QT was back to what he the thing that interesting with QT though is he's had two really good games back when Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins were playing and he's got two kind of meh and like one actually was not very good at all so you're probably going to have some games that get left out with Deshaun Watson he's not going to throw for 300 yards and three touchdowns like Drew Brees but in a PPR, I think QT's at least in the conversation with Anthony Miller. I think so, too. I've got all these guys really close that we've mentioned. Anthony Miller, Danny Amendola, uh, Traquan Smith, Kiki QT, John Ross. The entire Redskins crew, because we have no idea what's going to happen with that name. I don't have them anywhere near it. I, I don't want anything to do with them. Do you? Would you pick up one of them, Jake? Uh, I'm gonna, I still keep telling people to stash Crowder if he can come back, because that slot usage and what they're... But, Again, now it's Colt McCoy, who's going to be a little bit more aggressive of the thrower. And he's not the slot usage like Alex Smith was. So that might go out the window. And Trey Quinn was folded to that spot and did a nice job yesterday. So, But again, it's now Colt McCoy. And Colt McCoy comes in and targets Josh Doxton the most. So it's it's going to be somebody. But now that all four of them, and if Crowder comes back, that's why I say all four of them, it might be similar to the Dolphins. It's like you just don't, who knows? It's going to be one every single week. Josh Reynolds should probably be in the conversation as well. I mean, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen after we record this on Monday night, um, but he's going to play 90% of the snaps the rest of the season for the Rams, so that's definitely worth something. You guys haven't even mentioned the one name that I think I would start maybe over all the names we've talked about uh, this week. Robert Tanyan. No, uh, <laughs> no Mohamed Sanu. If he's available on your waiver wire, I think he's an awesome play this week. No, that's why, because he's always available on the waiver wire. <laughs> he kind, no, no, Mohamed Sanu is available in more leagues than he should be. Like, Jake, you and I, we play in a lot of industry leagues, and Mohamed Sanu went undrafted in a lot of them. He's been dealing with a hip injury, getting closer to 100%, but his matchup against the Saints on Thanksgiving is going to be awesome. He's been good. I mean, he's their number two behind Julio Jones. It's not Calvin Ridley. That's true, and it is a great matchup. And you may, for one week, I'm with you. It's just I feel like Mohamed Sanu is sitting there on the waiver wire staring at me every single Pick me! Pick me! I'm here! And I never want to, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the matchup is dead. You're, you're 100% right about the matchup. Anybody else at all? That's, that's owned in less than 50% of leagues. Marcel Aitman! No, stop. <laughs> Marcel Aitman. We just talked about we didn't want Raiders... He'll probably be the number one wide receiver going the rest of the way, though. <laughs> Brandon LaFell is now out for the season. He apparently, did he tear an Achilles or is an ACL? He, he Basically, he's out for the year. I don't really, I'm not too worried about it. Um, but Jordy Nelson's dead to the world. Um, Martavis Bryant is dealing with like a PCL sprain. So, I mean, Aitman, what did he have, 50 yards this week? So, I mean, he came in and played. He's a big-bodied wide receiver. He's He doesn't gain much separation. He's like a jump ball type guy. But uh, he's, I, again, I don't want any Raiders. I don't. 
I called him a poor man's Des Bryant when he was coming out. So, you know, maybe if they got into that's the problem. If they got into the red zone, but they need to get into the red right. zone. Right. <laughs> All right, guys, let's play the same game here with wide receivers. Let's say these ones are available in your league. Are would they be your number one pickup? Mike Williams, Chris Godwin, Tyrell Williams, Cortland Sutton, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Jake, your first. Two of those would go over everybody we've talked about. It would be Valdez, Scantling first, and then Sutton. I know everybody's going to drop. Ooh, Scantling over Sutton, really? Same here. People are going to drop Valdez, Scantling. I already wrote it up in my waiver column. I said to check to see if he's dropped. Do not drop him if you have him. The snaps were there. He continues to be the number two wide receiver. It was an awful matchup for him last week. Those things are going to happen. But if you're going to give me the number two wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to own him in every single league possible. Me too. I just like Sutton more, so... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong about this one because as a talent, Sutton, yeah, but he plays with Case Keenum. He's got some good matchups coming up as well, though. He gets Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, San Francisco, Cleveland, Oakland. I like that better than what uh, Scantling's going to go up against. Mm. It's really close between the two for me. So Pittsburgh's not the same matchup they were the first half of the season. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's really good, man. Uh, can we just all agree that it's going to be Pittsburgh face the Saints in the Super Bowl? Why do we even need to play the playoffs? These two teams are so dominant. I'm still going with my preseason pick, although yesterday kind of put a big bucket of water on top of it, but I'm still taking Chargers versus Saints. I have to stick with my preseason pick. Chargers and Saints. Yeah, I could definitely see that one happening. I don't remember who I had. I think I put the Vikings in there against the Chargers. Yeah, I think that's what you had. I had Saints versus Jags. Uh, the Saints are looking good. That's not happening, dude. Sorry. <laughs> but uh, the Jags, yeah, I think they... I told you the Jags were not that good, man. They played the easiest uh, st- schedule last year. you talking about? They got your favorite quarterback. I-, I swear to God. So Stephen Morris is not on the Jags. Jake, have you seen The Good Place, the show? No. Oh, my God. Bobby, I know Bobby hasn't seen it because Bobby doesn't do anything fun, but... <laughs> I do fantasy football. What are you talking about? So the good place is on Netflix. Like if you guys check it out, there is so much shade that they throw at the Jaguars the entire time. Like the entire time. The one guy's like, like Blake Bortles is the best. And she's like, no, he's not. And even I know that because she doesn't know anything about football. And uh, (laughs) the Steelers tweeted out this weekend during the game when Ben Roethlisberger started the way he did. They said, this is the bad place with a gif of that show that they're in the the bad place. So uh, it's just too funny. And um, the Jags. Their defense is not bad. Their defense played absolutely amazing, but Blake Bortles just legitimately can't do anything. He legitimately cannot be competent enough to win a football game that he had a lead in, 16 nothing. It's four straight three and outs to end the game. I feel bad for that defense, man. Like, that defense played so well yesterday. You say that now, and they're going to rattle off, like, four straight wins, and he's going to lead people to the fantasy championships. Of course. <laughs> All right, Jake, final question here. You are number four out of 130 experts in expert accuracy. Tags is number five. Tell Tags why you're going to beat him. (laughs) I can't because if Tags was smart, he didn't rank like I did this week and did not have Dalvin Cook as high as I did and didn't have Marquez Valdez-Scantling and what was the other big miss? I had a couple big misses. There was a lot of misses, though, this week, man. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. So, like, a bad week for you, you were probably, like, 26th. No, like, a a bad week for me might end up in, like, the 60s. So, you know how we're talking, like, 20 points is a gap of, like, 40 experts, so... If, if I opened up a week for Tags to pass me, this is the week. Yeah, well, this is going to be like your 20th straight season in the top five. So even if Tags finishes ahead of you, I think you're going to be fine, man. <laughs> Jake, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for you. because So Jake, by the way, if you guys aren't, aren't on Twitter, like Jake hit 50,000 followers this past week. And uh, I'm waiting for Jake to do like, have you the, the movie Mr. 300 uh, with Bernie Mac? <laughs> I'm waiting for Jake to like open a restaurant that says Mr. 50K and all this stuff. Cause... Mr. 3000, not 300. <laughs> Get your baseball references 3, right. 000, my, my bad. Tags doesn't know anything about baseball. My man. bad. I did. Yeah, I did know that. It's Mr. 3000. But yes, congrats, Jake. Yeah. Up, up Open up another restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jake. Well, we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy week. We're all on a crunch. And if you want to follow Jake, it's at AllInKid on Twitter. All right. Before Tags and I kick off the second half of the show, I want to talk to you about DraftKings.com. Love free fantasy football? Well, you're in luck. We've teamed up with DraftKings to bring you a free fantasy football contest. Compete to win your share of $10,000, and that's not all. On sign-up, you'll get an additional $5 in free play credit. No deposit required. Just make sure to submit a full lineup by 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time on Thanksgiving to participate. Go to fantasypros.com slash DFS to draft your lineup. Again, that's fantasypros.com slash DFS. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So, Tags, I tried to give Jake a chance to uh, to talk some trash to you, and he did not take it. Are you, are you going to finish number one? 
No, I mean, I, there's a lot of smart people in the competition. I, 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 the thing is, I have so much respect for everybody in the competition, and I know how difficult it is. And you know, we're talking about minimal like percentage points uh, that people are just different. So even finishing in the top 100 out of 130, you've got to be one of the smartest dudes like in fantasy football in the world. Yeah, no, it's 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 a tough competition, and that's the thing is like you know I've had some success in it before, but then there was a there was a year in there where I finished like around uh, I think the number 50 analyst so it's it's definitely tough year over year there's just a lot of smart people in the industry that we are fortunate to have uh ranking for our site yep absolutely all right man let's move on we're going to talk about quarterbacks then tight ends dst and at the end we'll go some factor fiction here i'm assuming we're gonna have a little bit of time because we we were cruising through it with jake yeah for sure um, which is kind of hard to do because all three of us like to talk a lot (laughs) (laughs) all right man so quarterback this week I guess Lamar Jackson, if he hangs on to the job, would be the top guy, right? I don't know. I mean, if he's going to run the ball 25 times a game, (laughs) he gets Oakland, Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa in his next four if he's the starter. Well, that's the thing is like, do we do we know if he is the starter? I'd say 50 50. Yeah. And and that's that's where it's like difficult. And I don't think we're going to know before the time that the waiver wire comes. He might get one more start, whereas Jameis Winston, I feel like is worth a pickup as well. I have these guys at like 1A and 1B. Uh, Jameis Winston, you know. For me, Winston's the 1A. Is that where you're going to? I have him at number one in mine as well. So, I yes, I do feel that way. Uh, Mike Clay actually just tweeted out a stat. Basically, the Bucks quarterbacks, if you were to combine them into one quarterback this year, they would have more fantasy points than Drew Brees. And Ooh. that's that's the thing. is It's like there's always fantasy points to come here because there's no run game in that team. They have a bad defense. They rack up the pass attempts. And this even goes to back to last year. I brought up a stat this offseason where if you were to combine Jameis Winston and Ryan Fitzpatrick last year, they would have led the NFL in passing yards. So it was always in an offense that you should attack. And knowing that Ryan Fitzpatrick was benched again, I don't think that they can go back to him. So I think it's Jameis Winston's job. And I think he's just, I think he's safer than Lamar Jackson because I watched a lot of that Ravens game and Lamar Jackson's just not there as a passer right now. Teams are going to have to adjust. The linebackers were dinged up for the Bengals, the one they, the ones they had on the field. Well, also they were preparing for Joe Flacco. Like if they were preparing for Lamar Jackson, who's to say he would have run for all those yards? Well, it's not just that, but like the talent that they have on the roster or lack of talent they have on the roster, like Cincinnati just doesn't have the linebackers and and, like the front seven to contain Lamar Jackson. They just didn't have the talent. And it's not to say that there's other teams in the NFL that do, but if you know Lamar Jackson's coming at you, which it means teams are going to have to start getting ready for him. He's playing the Raiders this week, so it's, it's not a week where it's like you're scared to play him. So he's the upside play. They're both top 12 guys this week, right? I would assume. I haven't done my rankings. I haven't even touched them yet. I mean, Winston's averaging 23 points per four quarters because he's, you know, he's played two full games. Then he's played two quarters in week four, two quarters in week eight. So per four four quarters, a full game, he's averaging 23 points. That's top four in football. Yeah, I'm looking at the 49ers. That's who he's going to be playing next week. Uh, They have allowed... Uh, seven of 10 quarterbacks to finish his top 14 quarterbacks against them. So the the odds are looking pretty good, like in his favor. So I probably will have him ranked as a top 12 option. Whereas Lamar Jackson, it's not a bad match. Uh, That's thing against Oakland. It's a really good matchup. So yeah, I guess he'd probably went up in the top 12 as well if he was starting again. Yeah. And he didn't have any touchdowns. I'm sure he's going to throw for a touchdown eventually. Like he's not a good quarterback passing by any means. He's probably maybe the worst in the NFL besides Josh Rosen, Maybe Blake Bortles would give him a run for his money, but <laughs> I would take Rosen as a passer over Lamar Jackson, hands down. I think I would too. <laughs> I don't know though. Like I'll take ten free points from rushing. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, what do you have? Like, one hundred twenty-four rushing yards. Yeah, on twenty-seven carries. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he didn't. Again, the, the the passing was not pretty. He had an interception. He almost threw another interception or a pass that should have been picked. Uh, but yeah, in a, in a really good matchup. So it's like I don't. I don't think we could expect Michael Vick numbers because like going back to, you know, we've brought up in the show, Bobby, I know you talk about Tim Tebow and the fact that he was like a, a startable fantasy option back when he played. Right. And the thing is, yes, he was. But at the same time, this is a different NFL we're playing in. This is a, a league that loves the passing yardage. They love the touchdowns. And it's like if you don't score 20 fantasy points as a quarterback, you're probably not going to get into the top 10 quarterbacks that week. And as much as we love the rushing totals, we do, but he still needs to be able to pass the ball and like score touchdowns. That's what we need out of Lamar Jackson. If they're going to run the ball on the goal line a lot of times, that they're Gus Edwards running in. The, I, I don't know. This is an offense where I don't necessarily love to be a part of, but I also am not going to run from it if you're one of those guys that streams quarterbacks. I I just prefer Jameis Winston, I think. Even last year, from last year, it is so different because I posted this stat here on Sunday. If you remove the game where Bortles only played one half, 
Bortles is quietly having another quality fantasy season because he has 19.1 fantasy points per game in that time, which is better than Cam Newton and Tom Brady last year, who were the number two and three fantasy quarterbacks in that time. Oh, yeah, dude. I I, I posted a a stat in the the primer. uh, I think it was last week where I said Blake Bortles is the same exact quarterback he was last year. And and as a matter of fact, this year he's actually posted slightly better numbers. I mean, after this this past week against Pittsburgh, I don't know if that stays true. But he's basically the same quarterback he's always been in terms of fantasy. But the ceiling has been raised for fantasy quarterbacks. And you need to be throwing for 300 yards and like three touchdowns to make it in the top 10. Because I know last year to finish as a top 12 quarterback, I know this from my my boom bust and everything in between series. If you had 17.4 points, that was the, the average of what it took to finish as a top 12 quarterback. This year, I don't have the exact stat, but I'm looking at San Francisco's totals of what they have allowed. I mean, Rivers finishes the QB 13 when he posted 19.7 points against them. So I would assume it's somewhere in between that 19 and 20 point range. And yeah, so you're going to need a you just need a bigger ceiling with your quarterbacks nowadays. Just to clarify, Tags and I are not saying Blake Bortles is a decent fantasy pickup whatsoever. We are making this point to suggest Lamar Jackson isn't a lock for top 12 the rest of the year. Right. That's basically where I'm at with it, yeah. All right, man. So if you need a streamer, let's say you can't get Jameis Winston, you can't get Lamar Jackson. Are you looking at Nick Mullins against Tampa, Joe Flacco face Oakland, Baker Mayfield face Cincinnati, uh, someone else? Mayfield would be the one that I do, I I would, I would pick up if possible, but he's probably not available in most leagues. People that were paying attention, they know that the Bengals aren't very good. I don't think Nick Mullins is a bad play against Tampa Bay. Oh, I'd rather have Joe Flacco. I don't well are we assuming Flacco plays though? I'm picking him up in case he if I can't get Winston or Jackson, I'm picking Flacco up and then if he doesn't play, then I'll pick up Mullins. I don't think I can trust Flacco with his hip injury. I really don't. I I, I just don't know how it's gonna affect his throwing. I don't think he's playing. Apparently Harbaugh is saying he's like bracing for the worst. I'm not expecting him to play this week, so I think it's gonna be Lamar Jackson. It doesn't make sense for him to play. Like they need to make the playoffs, but they don't need Joe Flacco to beat Oakland. Yeah. Let's get him healthy, get him for uh, Atlanta, Kansas City, Tampa. Two winnable games in there, and I think the the Ravens could make the playoffs. We're talking about last ditch options, so it's like outside of Winston them Mullins against the Bucks. I mean, the only quarterback that they've held below, I think, seventeen fantasy points was Alex Smith, and that was just a week ago, and he was down obviously as top pass catching running back, top two wide receivers, three offensive linemen. There was a lot of things there, and then you've seen Eli Manning go in there this week against Tampa. And complete 17 of 18 passes for 231 yards, two touchdowns. So Mullins isn't a bad option. And like another one that I put in the weekend waiver wire stash is like if you're like desperate. I think Eli Manning at Philadelphia is not terrible. But Philadelphia playing at home, coming off these miserable losses, I don't know if they bounce back. It's kind of like a Jacksonville thing where I don't want to say the Eagles are a bad football team. Obviously, they didn't play like a good football team this past weekend, but they might be giving up on the year, though. Yeah, it's it's ugly. I don't think they can give up yet because they just traded a, a draft pick for Golden Tate and uh, he's on basically, a, you know, if they have him for six more games, <laughs> then he's a free agent. So I don't know, man. I, don't, I know that the, the Giants are going to have trouble moving the ball against Philadelphia on the ground. So it could be an Eli week, but I think I'd rather play Mullins this week over Eli if you're like, like looking for that last ditch effort at a streamer. By the way, Eli Manning is probably playing the best football of his career so far. I don't know if you've noticed that, man. He's got his best quarterback rating. He's only on pace to throw 10 interceptions. I mean, he's he's taken a ton more sacks. He's got 36 sacks, which is already his record for a year. And he's still getting the job done. Like, I know the Giants are horrible, but you know, he's playing decent football. Well, that's the thing is if you look at the stats, Eli Manning doesn't look so bad. He really he doesn't look so bad. But if you actually like watch him play, he's not playing the best football of his career. But the, the reason I say that is because. He's he's being very careful with the ball. I think he like I think that's how he was kind of approaching the offense as like this year is like he didn't want to lose the job. So he was playing very conservatively, taking the, you know, the high percentage throws to Saquon Barkley, dumping things off. And it's like at some point they were like, you know, we need to start taking some shots down the field. Like, you know, and like I think Eli realized that 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 style of play wasn't working for him. So you've started seeing him, you know, throw the ball down the field a little bit more as of late. And it's it's helped his numbers because it's like they have Saquon Barkley there. He is going to draw some attention, like open the field up. You have three great receivers uh, running routes out there. So I'm, I'm happy to see him hold this job. I'm curious to see what free agency brings for him because he's not going to be back with the Giants next year. I can't I can't believe that he'll be back with the Giants. I think so, too. I think that you're right. Now, let me tell you this, OK? Eli Manning's got a 69 percent completion rate, 7.7 yards per attempt. I'm going to give you another quarterback stats. You tell me who it is. 61.8 percent completion, 
8.0 yards per attempt. So barely better in yards per attempt, way worse in completion rating. Do you know who it is? But there's a lot of context that goes into it. And I, 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 <laughs> no, I, I like playing that game. It's, it gets really slippery slope. It's Aaron Rodgers, man. Yeah, I I was just messing around. No, but the offenses are completely different. The the playmakers are completely different. There's there's just so much, and that's why it's like I I remember when I uh, when I first started doing fantasy football stuff, I would throw stuff out like that all the time. And um, then you re- like the more you get into it, and the more you you keep writing and you you learn about everything, putting players side by side, it doesn't make so much sense just because the context matters, coaching matters, and I. I've been a huge, someone huge saying that the coaching absolutely freaking matters. Like if you look over a course of a career, yes, that stuff definitely comes into play because over a course of a career, you're going to have different coaches. You're going to have different playmakers. You're going to have different receivers, running backs, whatever, offensive linemen, a lot of different things. So, but over the course of just, you know, 10 games that we're talking about now, it's, uh, I think you're right in the fact that Eli Manning has posted better numbers than most people realize. But at the same time, it kind of comes down to the style of play that he's done. Definitely. Definitely agree. I was uh, making a joke. (laughs) Oh, no. No, I know. I know. Okay, just making sure everyone knows that. But I'm sure there's a lot of people out there saying that you guys talk about Rodgers being the best of all time. And, like, obviously he's not putting up massive numbers. And so it's just I'm trying to defend that a little bit. All right. Tight ends, dude. This is so, so bad. If you need a tight end, you have no options this week. You've got Jonu Smith, who's getting, like, two targets a game. Jeff Hireman, who is Jeff Hireman. Anybody else to even mention? I mean, those guys are, are hardly worth mentioning, but if you need someone, they're the best options. Maybe Antonio Gates, Cameron Bray. What do we do, Tags? Antonio Gates, no. Like, run far away. Like, I <laughs> I am so mad about that game because coming into that week, I thought Antonio Gates was going to, like, retire midseason because he was going down, down, down in terms of snaps. I think he played 13 snaps their their last game. So to see this performance is kind of like an outlier, and I don't know what happened here, and I need to see it again before I trust him. He, he got more yards in that game than he had since week four. <laughs> I'm not talking about, like, in a game. I'm talking about all his games combined. No, he's been terrible. Like, um, Virgil Green was the guy that I think if you really wanted to play a tight end from L.A., I would have said that Virgil Green was probably the better play this week. But either way, Cameron Brait, uh, that all depends on O.J. Howard if his if he's okay. Uh, if he's going to miss some time, Cameron Brait is obviously a must-add. He'd be a top-12 play every week. Exactly. Yeah. Especially with Jameis Winston, who loves to target his tight ends. But if you're looking for a streamer this week, I don't think that Chris Herndon isn't a bad option against New England. Like that game, as you know, as I mentioned with Elijah McGuire, that's that game. They're going to be upside down in that they're playing against the Patriots who are coming off a bad loss against uh, the Titans. They're off their bye week. There's just a lot of things here. The Patriots have allowed six different tight ends to finish with 11 or more PPR points against them. And a lot of that is due to tight end seeing 82 targets, which is which was the second highest number in the NFL coming into this week. So knowing that they're going to throw the ball probably 35 plus times, Herndon could turn into a decent streaming option. But I'm going Nick Vanette. He's going up against the Panthers. The Panthers have given up 17 points per game to tight ends. Next worst is 14.0 by the Bucks. I had Vanette inside my weekend waiver wire stash just because that is such a good matchup. The Panthers have been like the the worst team in the NFL against tight ends, and then they just played the Lions, so people forget about that. Uh, but Vanette's still sharing time with Ed Dixon, so it's like I try to avoid tight end timeshares if possible, and it's just it's maddening that they're sharing snaps between those two because Vanette is clearly the better receiver, whereas Dixon is the he's the more traditional tight end. So it it, it definitely could turn into a good play. Um, I'm not against Vanette. It just sucks that he's in a timeshare. All right, let's go DST. Are there any streamers that really stand out to you this week? Yeah, the Bills. The Bills defense has been really good, actually. They've held four of their last six opponents to less than 20 points. Uh, the the Jags can't seem to score 20 points. Uh, we have Blake Bortles being, you know, Blake Bortles. The Bills are at home. Uh, you know, the Blake Bortles is down to his third string left tackle. He just lost his starting center. I just feel like the Bills defense coming off the bye week, they had obviously the big win against the Jets before they went into their bye, but that that does little for me. But their their defense has caused 14 turnovers in the last eight games, and the Jags have 19 turnovers on offense. So they rank that's ranked says fourth most in the NFL. So it's just it's a marriage of the two. I, I do think that J- the Jags are going to run the ball an awful lot, but at the same time, it should give you a solid floor. How is Dallas not? owned very much like I know they don't force a ton of turnovers but they are as safe as you can get every week and they get a backup quarterback this week in Colt McCoy he's got no healthy receivers I like Dallas a little more than Buffalo yeah I have Dallas on my list too those were my top two so and knowing that Colt McCoy is going to be the starter I definitely would consider the Cowboys yeah 28 sacks so far too by the way 
Yeah, no, and yeah, and that and they're playing an offensive line that's without their uh, Trent Williams, their starting left tackle, they're down two starting offensive guards, so the offensive line is going to be crap. Uh, that game has one of the lowest projected totals. I'm I think on the slate right now, I think it's forty points and lowering as we speak. So yeah, they're definitely a high floor defense, and they've been really good too. I mean. The, the most a, a team has scored against Dallas this year is 28 points. There's only two teams, I think, that have scored more than 20 points. So it's like their defense has played really well, um, a lot better than anybody expected them to. Mm-hmm. Any others that you like here? I, I see Indianapolis face Miami. That kind of perks my ears up. Yeah, Indianapolis, they finally got after the passer this past week, and they sent Marcus Mariota to um, the bench. So um, no, they, they were not getting pressure before, so they were like kind of like someone I was worried about. But yeah, if they're getting pressure on the quarterback again like they did this past week, then yeah, they're definitely an option against Miami. Yeah, I don't really see anyone else. Like if you're desperate later in the week, you can check out our rankings. But those are the three I would put in waiver claims for. Um, And obviously the top two would be Buffalo and Dallas, whichever order you want to have them in. All right, Tags, that's all for waiver wire pickups, and it was ugly. We do have some time left, though, so let's go with some fact or fiction. Cool, let's do it. All right, fact or fiction. The Indianapolis Colts are going to make the AFC playoffs. Yeah, I'm going to say fact. Me too. It feels like the uh, the the Eagles all over again with Doug Peterson coming there and kind of changing the entire franchise. Like uh, everything's changed. It's all fresh, and now we're seeing the you know Doug Peterson's team you know in Philadelphia kind of fall off. But at the same time, like the the game plan has been awesome every single week. Andrew Luck is playing phenomenal. Uh, the Colts defense may not have a bunch of superstars on it, but they're playing well as a unit. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say yes, considering the Titans, they're consistently inconsistent, and the Jags are, I mean, they need to go on a serious win streak here to save their season. The Jags would need, I think, would need to win five of their last six and have some luck, because they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams ahead of them. At least one of them is going to win three games. I'm just thinking to win the division. That's the only chance they have. I uh, see. I don't think they can catch the Texans. The Texans would have to melt. They're four games behind the Texans. So I think the Jags are out of it. Holy cow. It's four games now. Yeah. It's seven and three for the Texans, three and seven for the Jags. Wow. Yeah. That's probably over. Um, so we've got Baltimore Ravens, five and five Bengals, Miami, Indianapolis, Tennessee, five and five. I think the Colts are the best team out of that group. Yeah. No, it's Ravens are right there with them, but I would pick the Colts. Yeah, I guess I'd probably say the Colts, too. I think they've got a good schedule as well. Let's go on the opposite side in the NFC. Factor Fiction, Dallas Cowboys make the playoffs. <sighs> I love this defense, man. Yeah, it's got to be fact. Uh, and like the thing is, they can solidify that on Thanksgiving. Uh, they're playing Washington this game. I want to say this game will be for first place. Basically, whoever wins it will be in first place of that division. Philadelphia seems like they're kind of out of it at this point. I mean, I don't want to count them out. They're def- defending champs. If they win five or six straight, it would not surprise anybody. Oh, no, absolutely not. They have a team to do that. Their secondary is too banged up, though. I mean, that's the part that r- really worries you because they're going to be forced to limit their pass rush. They have some injuries in the front seven. So if Dallas wins, they're tied with Washington for first place. And then they've got matchups against Philadelphia, Indianapolis, Tampa and the Giants they play the Saints in there that's obviously a loss but you know I think they can win three of those other four that should be enough to get them in the playoffs man yeah I the thing is Washington I don't think Washington's a team that should be in the playoffs so that's why I'm picking Dallas here I don't necessarily love it I don't think either of these teams are going to go anywhere in the playoffs I think that's like the this might be one of the worst divisions in football yeah I think so as well Um, and then we've got other teams in contention the Vikings are probably going to get that wild a second wild card spot behind Carolina Seattle Green Bay Atlanta Philadelphia moving down to four and six it's going to be the NFC is a lot more interesting than the AFC where we could legitimately get someone like the Dolphins or Bengals in the playoffs we were talking about that in the show last night we recorded with Dan and Dan was saying well do you think they're going to bring AJ Green back and I didn't realize how close the Bengals were in contention I know I was thinking the same thing like yeah but the thing is and there's some people like I I, we got something in the mailbag somebody asking like saying that you guys said to drop AJ Green first off we never said to drop AJ Green. Like I would, those words would have never, ever, ever come out of my mouth. However, we did say to try and trade him. And I am still all about that. All about trading AJ Green. If you can, if you find someone out there that has heard all these things about AJ Green's going to try and work himself back and he's going to be back in the lineup this week. If you could find someone to buy him for even somewhere close to wide receiver one value, 
do it because wide receivers, pass catchers in general, dealing with foot injuries is not good. Just ask Sammy Watkins how that worked out. Factor fiction tags. David Njoku is a top 12 rest of the season tight end. It's <sighs> such a low bar. I hate tight ends. Like legit, I hate them. Um, I will say fact just because there's just nobody there else that I can say confidently that would finish ahead of him i can't find i cannot find 12 other guys no and that's that's the problem so i asked dan this question on the show last night and i'll ask you today if we were drafting today where would you draft zach Ertz and travis kelsey like for 2019 13 and 14 maybe yeah dan had him at i think he said 15 and 16 i said that they'd probably be right around that 16 to 18 range once you get outside the elite running backs which there's like maybe like eight of them that i'd like to have those running backs and then the elite wide receivers but right after that like yeah i 100 percent i would take them over joe mixon right now so i would too in fact i'm thinking about moving them in i'm looking at it right now with Ertz 103 targets yeah i think i might move them into the first round i'm not joking either because once you get past them you've got kittle howard and nobody else you can trust every week. Well, right. And that's the thing. Like, tight ends this week, dirty, man. Dirty. I mean, so nobody was starting Antonio Gates. So if you did not have Jordan Reed in your lineup, no other tight end scored 13 PPR points. None. So a lot of people out there are going to be disappointed with, you know, Greg Olson finishing with two catches for nine yards and a touchdown. But that's one of the best tight ends last week. <laughs> number seven tight end. And that's in PPR formats. Like, what? That is so stupid. It's nuts. We got to change this, man. Who's in charge of fantasy football rules? Let's go. <laughs> Andy Barons? We need to call him. <laughs> Get Barons on the horn. Okay, Tags. Fact or fiction? Le'Veon Bell will be a first round fantasy draft pick next year. Yeah, it's fact. It's fact. Whoever whoever does sign him. If he plays for the Jets, he's still a first-round pick. I still do think he's a first-round pick. I think a lot of people are going to draft him based on, you know, they're saying they're going to say he's fresh. They're going to say he's the clear-cut workhorse because whoever gets him is going to pay him 15-plus million a year. And um, I, I do think that he will be a first-round pick. I think his ADP is going to be number three or four. I think it's going to be Gurley number one, Barkley or Gordon number two, and the other one number three. With uh, Le'Veon Bell mixed in and Zeke mixed in. Those are going to be the top five next year. And I will be telling people, if he plays for the Jets, don't draft Bell in the top five. Because, I, I mean, I think we've seen, mm-hmm. this is a system. James Conner is, he's good. But I, I don't think that this means that Le'Veon Bell is going to be dominant everywhere he goes. Yeah, that's, yeah, people, we talk about Todd Gurley, right? Like, he's like the Holy Grail, and he is, and he's someone that... But he wasn't until he got a system. Exactly. Go back to him under Jeff Fisher, and let's talk about why Todd Gurley didn't succeed. Because coaching absolutely matters. We don't know who the Jets coach is going to be at this point in time. There's a lot of ifs, ands, or buts with Le'Veon Bell, but this is something that we'll obviously be discussing all offseason. And there's there's rumors that he might retire if he doesn't uh, get what he wants in free agency, which, I mean, he, the man just walked away from, you know, over $10 million. So I don't think we could put anything off the table at this point. So ridiculous. I mean, honestly, if it's my team, I don't want them spending $15 million on a running back. I don't want them spending $8 million on a running back. I would not spend $8 million for Le'Veon Bell. $8 million is not too bad if you have cap space. Like, the thing is, Le'Veon Bell is going to put some butts in the seats. I mean, but look at what the Colts are doing with, what, a fourth and a fifth round pick? Oh, right. Well, I mean, Andrew Luck helps. The offensive line helps. That's the thing is like... I'm talking about 4.7 yards per carry with with nobody at running back. Marlon Mack's fine. I mean, Marlon Mack is... He's, he's, an, he's an explosive back, but you're right. The thing is, is like you need an offensive line. You need a good system to do that. And that's why people argue the points that running backs don't matter. I am not one of those people that will ever say that running back doesn't matter. I won't say that because if you put another running back behind the Giants offensive line, they're not going to do anything that Saquon Barkley does. So don't tell me that they don't matter. He's a generational talent, but like, look at, look at all the good running backs in the NFL. How many of them were first round picks, second round picks, third round picks? I mean, Aaron Jones is sitting there. He's a great example of what the Packers did. Philip Lindsay. Yeah, Philip Lindsay. There's there's countless examples every single year. So Jordan Howard, obviously he was good for a while. But yeah, there's a lot of instances where you could talk about that. And that's why I believe that running backs, they really shouldn't be drafted in the first round or two. I mean, I, 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 I'm not one that says they don't matter, but I'm also not one that says they matter enough to justify spending $15 million on one. All right. Fact or fiction. Dalvin Cook is an RB1 the rest of the season. Fiction. Why? He's not going to play the Bears every game. Because he's in a timeshare. You think that continues though? Oh yeah, it does. I don't I don't think so, man. I think Dalvin Cook is so far away better than Murray. It didn't show on against the Bears. Well, yeah, it's, it's the Bears, though, man. I watched the previous game against the Lions, and he was awesome. Uh, he had a breakaway run that accounted for a lot of his production in that game. So, I mean, 
I'm not saying he didn't look good, but Latavius Murray has looked good at times this year too. And like, I just believe that the Vikings, they knew what they were doing all along with this backfield. Like they had Jarek McKinnon, they signed uh, Latavius Murray in free agency, and then they drafted Dalvin Cook. They always wanted this to be somewhat of a timeshare. And knowing that Dalvin Cook hasn't held up to a big workload, I, I, I do think it continues like, like this. And I also think that the offensive line is trash which means that he's going to be a little bit up and down in his production, which he's going to rely on some touchdowns, which, again, he's sharing time with Latavius Murray. Latavius Murray's been a great goal lineback. He's going to get some passing down work, but Kirk Cousins is also not the the type of quarterback who's going to check down over and over and over again. So I just feel like he's more in the RB2 category where I don't, I don't feel like he's a must play every week. Like I had him outside my top 20 running backs against the Bears because it was obviously a tough matchup. Their schedule does ease up quite a bit. Um, so he's going to be ranked higher than that for sure. But uh, RB1, no. I've got him number 13. I think that this is going to change. I-, I love what I see in Dalvin Cook. I know the Bears just crushed the Vikings on the ground, but Green Bay, New England, Miami, Detroit, I think he's going to clean up as the Vikings try to make the playoffs. I'd rather have Aaron Jones. I'd rather have Mar- I'd rather have Marlon Mack. He's part of a better offense. I've got Mack 14, yeah. I'd rather have Mark Ingram, Nick Chubb. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like these are all running backs that are in the RB2 conversation, uh, borderline, maybe borderline RB1s. But yeah, Cook's like a middling RB2 for me. All right, Factor Fiction. Stephon Diggs is still a top 12 wide receiver. It's always been. <laughs> He's not ranked that way, though. I, I agree with you, but... No, in terms of fantasy purposes, yeah. I, thought you, I thought you meant like a top 12 receiver, like in general. Yeah, he's always been. But uh, in for fantasy... Uh, I've got him just over. I've got Diggs at number 12, Woods at number 13, Cooks, Jeffrey, Josh Gordon, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I have Diggs at 15. He's a high-end wide receiver, too, for me. He's not going to... The reason he doesn't crack wide receiver one territory, those are guys that you should be able to plug in your lineup every single week, and they're going to perform 90% of the time. Diggs has been more of like a a 60 to 70% type of guy because Adam Thielen has delivered so much. And to all the... Well, that's who Tyreek Hill is too, but he's a top 12 guy. For all those people that were telling Bobby and I that we were wrong for letting Adam Thielen slip to the bottom of the first round in our mock draft that we did at midseason... We're not looking so dumb anymore, are we? No, no, because <laughs> he jerks. Is, no, no, and I'm saying this. I'm not saying this to like rub it in. I'm saying this because you have to understand regression is a real thing. And Adam Thielen was never going to continue to deliver at the rate he was. The defense was playing better. Kirk Cousins was going to be throwing the ball less. They're getting Dalvin Cook back. Stephon Diggs is naturally going to be involved in the offense. There was just a lot of things. And I still have Thielen as my number five receiver for the rest of the season. So I'm not completely off of him or down on him. But who do you have ahead of him? Do you have Beckham behind Adam Thielen? Actually, I actually I do. Um, So actually, I, I have Thielen. Oh, I'm going to fight you. I have Thielen at number six. Okay, I have Thielen at six too. Okay. So I had Hopkins, Julio Jones, uh, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and Antonio Brown ahead of him. Wow. Okay, I've got Adams at seven. There's no way Beckham's out of my top five. I think you're crazy, man. Yeah, I mean, Beckham, he's someone that I've like teetered with, but again, this is a team that they're not going to want to throw the ball 40 times per game, and that's my only concern. Like, he saw four targets this past week. That's not good. Yeah, that's the only time that's even close to happen. His low before them was nine. No, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, the offense, like, they have all these guys healthy now. Evan Ingram was dealing with some injuries earlier in the year. Um, Eli Manning is playing like he's playing a little more aggressive, but I don't know. It, you're probably right. I probably should move Beckham ahead of Thielen, but I, I just feel like Thielen's a safer week over week option is all because Beckham can kind of like lose his temper and then like just not show up for a couple weeks. By the way, I was not calling anyone a jerk for disagreeing with us. There were a couple people who were a little bit too mean, as you might imagine on social media. So, <laughs> um, okay. Last one here, Tags. Deshaun Watson is still a top 12 fantasy quarterback. Fact. Yeah, it's fact. I don't have him top 12, man. What's he going to do? Throw uh, 25 passes a game with a uh, an 8% touchdown rate the rest of the season? Well, that's the thing. There's going to be some ups and downs with Watson. And, you know, this is something we talked about before the season and how, like, so many people are, like, streaming options. Like, there's very it's very rare to find a quarterback who's going to deliver for you every single week. And that holds true. I mean, this, this year, you've had Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you could say Andrew Luck. Matt Ryan, outside of them, who else has delivered every single week? Drew Brees? Even he hasn't delivered every single week. There's been a couple weeks, but for the most part, I think Brees has been reliable. Do you say Jared Goff because he's in there? Goff hasn't been every single week, though. Oh, he's been eight out of nine weeks, man. (laughs) He's good. No, there's like, there's, there's one, there's, there's five weeks where he's got 18 or less fantasy points. So he's not like an elite, he's not like a locked in QB one every single week. So like, that's where it's like, Oh, it's tough, man. It's tough. But 
I don't know. I just think they're all streamers, basically. I hate I hate ranking quarterbacks because it's really going to depend on the matchup every single week. The only one that you can kind of plug and play right now, or the only couple, Mahomes and Luck, maybe Matt Ryan, but... Rodgers? You're not going to say Aaron Rodgers, Cam Newton? I haven't had Rodgers as a plug and play. Like, I had Rodgers at number eight, I think, in my rankings this past week, so that doesn't oh, tell me that he's, like, every single week. Like, I, I do think he's a, he's a play for sure, like most weeks. It, you hate... Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. You're such a homer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just messing with you, man. No. <laughs> no. And by the way, there was a lot of people telling me that I was wrong on Mitch Trubisky for having him. Uh, like, I had him as my number 18 quarterback this this past week. And um, so many people were telling me I was wrong. And I'm like, no, no, Mitch is going to be fine. But he's a guy to buy in fantasy football right now. Like, if you could buy him after that Vikings game, his schedule eases up. He doesn't have a brutal matchup for the rest of the year. I've got him QB7 rest of the season. Yeah, I think you can compare him to like Cam Newton for the remainder of the season. Honestly, Ooh, boy, that is uh, that's kind of pushing it. But I, I don't, I'm looking at the schedule. I think Cam has Tampa, New Orleans, Atlanta. I was gonna say Trubisky's schedule is great, so maybe. But yeah, with Cam's schedule, I, I don't think I can put him that high. Yeah, I still have Cam ahead of him, but I wouldn't be shocked if Trubisky finished as a better option. Yeah, I've got Newton at, at QB five right now, and like I said, I've got Trubisky QB seven. So it is pretty close for me. Nice. All right, tags. That's all for today's show. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it was it was a blast, man. I uh, we're gonna be doing a show tomorrow too, right? That's right. Yep, we are gonna be squeezing everything in, and uh, that doesn't mean we're gonna be doing less research. We're just gonna be working a lot harder. <laughs> yeah, staying up a lot later, <laughs> spending a lot less time with family for you guys, but we love it. No, but seriously, uh, we are gonna be back tomorrow doing our start sit show, and that that will be obviously coming out to you Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, and then we're gonna be doing the DFS show on Wednesday. Yeah. So that one will be out by the time that you're watching the Thanksgiving games. So also our live streams are going to be a little bit different as well. Uh, at least mine is. Tags and I are going to be doing the, the waiver wire live stream t tomorrow. That's Tuesday at two o'clock Eastern time. We're going to be doing the start sit one on Wednesday. I do that by myself. We usually do it on Thursday. It's going to be on Wednesday this week. So make sure to check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasy pro subscribe and you'll get notifications when we go live so you can get in there and ask your Q and A's. All right, thanks to the sponsors of today's show, DraftKings.com. You can go to FantasyPros.com slash DFS because we've teamed up with DraftKings to bring you a free fantasy football contest to win your share of $10,000. Also, thanks to Audible, where you can start a 30-day trial with your first audiobook free. Go to Audible.com slash FantasyPros or text FantasyPros to 500-500. Thanks also to PristineAuction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, where they've got over hundreds of items that end every single day for auction. Affordable, guaranteed authentic from the most trusted sources. And don't forget to sign up for that signed Dalvin Cook helmet at fantasypros.com slash contest. For Mike Tagliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening, and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.